Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. We're heading to a busy 15-hectare property on Banks Peninsula now. Cosmo is with first-time farmers Stacey and Odie Geelan, who are living the rural dream. We are in our little farm, Geelan Family Farm in Michikarara. Um It's a little block that we've uh, moved just uh, Christmas 2018, so about five years ago. And uh, we've been sort of trying to figure out what we like to do, how to do it, and just sort of go with the flow. What made you want to move to the country? For us, for us it always started with the bees. We feel really passionate about the bees and honey, and we actually did a beekeeping course back when we lived in town, because we're both city kids. And um, it just sort of started from there. We started having conversations about what it would be like to have a bit of a piece of land, uh, what it might look like, can we grow enough food, what sort of food, um, you know, keeping up the bees, and then it sort of evolved from there. And um, as we sort of started looking around, we were both living in Christchurch at the time, and we were just always drawn to particularly Banks Peninsula and Salwan area. And it was just by sheer luck and persistence and hard work we found this little jam and uh, just called it home. So when you saw this place did you know straight away that it was it was right for you? Ish. (laughs) (laughs) It was it was the journey we looked at a couple of places in the neighborhood as well and really because we're both migrants we don't know the area all that well like history and trying to learn about the health soil and the natives and all Mm. those little bits and pieces so it was a huge journey of discovery and when we found this place, it just seemed to be ticking most of the boxes and we saw a lot of potential. And as we you know, walking around the properties, it was like, OK, we can do this with this paddock. We can put an orchard over there. Or, you know, started dreaming. Started dreaming and it really <laughs> took off. From then on, it was really, really fast. It happened really fast. Yes. Where are you from originally? Uh, so I'm originally from Russia, uh, deep south that is, and uh, Otis from Belgium. Odie, how did you end up here? Um, working. Came over for working holiday. Stayed. Met Stacy. Got married. Bought a place. Got kids. <laughs> Never looked back. <laughs> Never looked back. <laughs> You'd just finished work when I got here. What do you do? I work in civil construction a few days a week. So we mainly do subdivisions. All sorts of stuff from drainage to road maintenance to everything. Yeah. And those skills, I guess, would come in very handy here. Yeah, yeah, especially the digger skills. Yes. Always handy to have a little digger on site. And Stacey, how did you end up in New Zealand? When did you come here from, from Russia? Oh, that was a long time ago, about 14, 15 years. I came to Auckland, had an invitation from um, AUT University to study. And I did that, and then I was lucky enough to find a job after graduation, and I only had a bag to my name, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) And what did you study? Uh, A business, a business degree. Are you working? Yes, I have a full-time job. I work for a place called Pure Oil in Ralston. That's an oil seed processing plant. So we make cooking oil and we also make animal feed, which is quite handy when you're a farmer. Mm. Now, you mentioned honey before. Mm. You both did a 
beekeeping course? Yes, it was a beekeeping course in Papua New High. So we did it after work. It was a, like an introductory course. They teach you the basics about the beekeeping. What is a bee? What is a quen? How to, you know, life cycles, how to build the hive. Um, just giving you really the basics to figure out if it's something that you want to do. And like most people, after finishing the course, we ended up buying a hive. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are standing beside a mobile extraction unit i guess what would you call this trailer that is correct that is a mobile honey extraction trailer slash commercial kitchen unit it's a nine meter long self-contained unit um, and that's where we extract our honey we mostly work with small beekeepers and hobbyists so people that have only like one or two hives would really love to have a taste of their own honey gift a jar to a friend of you know family member and they do not have the skills or equipment to do it ourselves or um, just never been around, that sort of thing, really. So you turned what was a hobby into a business? Yeah, pretty much. How did that come about? Uh, we had the opportunity to buy this, and, yeah, we jumped on it. Learned it along the way, and so, yeah, we do everything from one box to 30, 40 boxes, from honeydew, manuka, normal clover, wildflower mix, everything. So you can go to someone's property and process the honey there? Yeah, we can do that. Or we can pick it up, drop it off. We can put it in jars, put it in pails, everything. Did you spot a gap in the market? Uh, yes, I'd say so. This, this was an existing business. Um, it was just, re it's a really niche market. Uh, wasn't really well marketed, so it's pretty much word of mouth. Uh, we always wanted to sort of carry on up with our passion for the bees and what else can we do and we sort of was thinking about having a commercial kitchen sort of later in our farming journey maybe a few years you know down the line but when opportunity came around it was really silly not to take on to it on it and um, it's been a busy season last year and we're coming into honey flow in the next month or so so i'm hoping for another productive season as well who goes out and does this work yeah i do the extraction most of the times stacy is more from the marketing and accounting so is it hard to manage with your other job? No, we do it mostly in the weekends. So or yes. Yeah, <laughs> weekends and evenings. Can we have a look inside this, yeah. uh, this mobile facility? Sure. So the boxes come in, the full honey boxes come in at the end of the trailer. Mm. The back will open, stack the boxes in there, then they will be uncapped. And then they go in the extractor, and then from the extractor it's getting filtered, putting in jars or pails, whatever mm. the client wants. And you've got quite a big extractor yeah, here. Yeah, we've got an eight-frame extractor. Stainless steel. Stainless steel, nice and shiny. How much yeah. honey can you can you fit in there? Uh, so it fits eight frames. A super got ten frames out of a box, full depth box. You get around twenty kgs of honey. Now, um, behind this mobile extraction unit are a couple of saddleback pigs that um, I can see and I can smell. Yeah, so we got uh, nine breeding sours and Boris, the big boy, that's looking at you. They're big pigs, aren't they? Yeah. Yep, this is one of our largest paddocks. So we have just all of them roaming together for, for a bit. And uh, then the girls will have a bit of a rest in the smaller paddocks later on. 
Why have you chosen saddleback pigs? Or St- Stacey's choice. Tell me more, Stacey. <laughs> um, I, I was always quite fond of them. They are a heritage breed, an old English breed. They're very hardy. They're amazing grazers. And it was quite important to us with little kids. They're really friendly and have a very mild personality. Mm. They look quite big, mm. but uh, Boar is the Boar. He's actually probably the easiest pig that we have to handle here. And the meat is quite amazing. It's marbled. It doesn't have any lot of fat because they're slow-growing pigs, so they don't have that. Uh, they don't have that need to put a fat on real quick, like say, mm. um, you know, white pigs. So yeah, they they and they're really nice to look at too. Yeah, how would you describe what they look like? So they're primarily black in color, the long head, and most of them tend to have a white, broad uh, bend around their sort of top shoulder down the torso, which called saddle. That's why they get called saddlebacks. And we just breed for piglets because there's a lot of demand on it. How much would it cost to buy one of these piglets? A three-month-old piglet goes away for $160. That's not too bad, considering uh, how big they get. <laughs> no, not at all. They, um, Like I said, the meat, the meat is really amazing, so that, that's the quality you buy and um, the good nature. They're very easy to handle and maintain. Do you have any other animals here? Yeah, we got a few cattle, and every year we rear a few calves. So we got a Highland bull. Stacy calls him Ginger Nut. <laughs> and we don't have any veggie garden at the moment, but we got a lot of fruit trees, fruit and nut trees. That were pre-existing? No, no, we started that last year. So we're converting two hectares into orchard, apple and pear. So the the bad apples can go to the pigs, the manure from the pigs can go to the trees. So all needs to work together. Yes. Are you uh, organic here? What's your farming philosophy? Um, we're not organic. We try to do minimum spray. Uh, sometimes we have to, especially when we plant new trees. So yeah, we're not certified organic. We're not organic, but we use seaweed as fertilizer, big mm. manure. Yeah. You do what you can to avoid using Best chemicals. Yep. We are walking towards a paddock and we're passing some more of your saddlebacks and they are munching away at something. Yes. Hello. So uh, they get a very rich diet of just about everything. So they get a lot of green waste and that's your lettuces, carrots. Um, they're really fond of avocados and strawberries. We also supplement them with a rapeseed meal and uh, we also get some old eggs from our local chicken farmer down the road. So they're not really fond of capsicums and onions. Everything else gets mulched away. Now, Ginger Nut the Bull is coming up to us. Yes, you are very handsome. How would you describe him? Oh, Ginger Nut, he's, um, I'd say, caramel colour. He's very shaggy. He's got curly hair on uh, top of his head and uh, longer hair throughout his body. He gets shaggier, much shaggier during wintertime. Now he's a bit lighter on his coat, but uh, he likes his slice of bread and he's very fond of apples. And he was the first farm animal to be born here yes he was he came slightly earlier than expected by about a month 
Um, it was quite a funny story. I got home from work, quite pregnant myself, and my neighbors came around and said, oh, you, you, there's something happening in your paddocks, you should have a look. <laughs> so I came around and uh, there he was, lying outside of the paddock with the mum on the other side in the paddock. So I had to lift him. <laughs> it was a bit of a chore with my big belly and uh, toss him in, uh, to the mum. Mm. But no, he's doing really well. He's a bit opinionated at times, but he's a good boy. What have been the biggest challenges you faced here in terms of developing the land and the farm? I think reconciling our vision and our ideas with reality and just trying to make it work because we have some really big ideas at times. <laughs> Ori's idea man and I'm the one who's <laughs> trying to rein it all in. So it's, it's a constant working project for us. We'll have five, ten things on a go, easy as, and just trying to sit down and say, okay, well, what is a priority here? What is a need and what is a want? It's a two very different things and just uh, trying to be realistic about our capabilities with the time management, again, with the little ones and just having a bit of time for ourselves as well, quite important. Has there been a lot of trial and error? Yes, especially in the beginning. <laughs> we started with ducks, turkeys, guinea fowls, and it was not our thing. So, yeah. If I would do it again, I would ask for advice. And I was always the guy that just try it, see where it ends. But yeah, lesson learned. Now, Odie, we've come into your orchard. Tell me what you've got growing in here. Uh, we've got Monty Surprise, Sunrise, Ballarat, and Galaxies at the moment. So the rootstocks are based on the soil. The apple varieties are based on the harvest time, so that we got like four or five months harvest time. Yeah. So you've got the early, the mids and the lights. Yeah. So the spoiled ones will go to the pegs. Then we're hoping there will be people coming on just to pick their own and uh, maybe some of them will end up in our honey processing kitchen and we'll come up with some products for the apples. And we've got some hazelnuts, chestnuts, walnuts. You've got a long-term vision for this place, haven't you? Yeah. For the next five years, we're planting a lot of apple trees and pear trees. For the next five to six years, we're planting a lot of natives. Fencing. Fencing is a big thing for us. And then the honey extraction. Yeah, a lot of things on the go all the time. But we do truly enjoy being here and uh, it just takes a long time to see the fruit of our labour. Stacey Geelan ending that story. You also heard from her husband, Udi, at their farm in Mutu Kararara. Where's that dust coming from? Still finding debris after vacuuming? Eufy X10 Pro Omni Robot Vacuum has 8,000 PA of powerful suction to remove debris deep in carpets. And it's totally hands-free. Want to know more? Go to eufy.com. That's E-U-F-Y and discover X10 Pro Omni, the best-in-class all-in-one robot vacuum for only $799.